As you know, that every uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock, we get a, a couple of women together here. We give over some of the Rebbe's uh, teachings on the Parsha, usually, most of the time. But also, when it comes a, a special day of the calendar, like today, today is Yud Shvat. Yud Shvat means the 10th day of the month of Shvat. Today is the anniversary of both of the passing of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. His name is Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. Uh, he passed away in 1950. Uh, the Rebbe, his son-in-law and successor who became the Rebbe, also in Yudshvat one year later. Took a year convincing the Rebbe to want uh, to accept it and, and the persistence of the uh, Hasidim, the Rebbe accepted it. So today is really a very special holy day for us because today is the day really that the Rebbe became our Rebbe and uh, continued the uh, legacy of the previous Rebbe. I also want to tie it in a little bit, just uh, briefly, a little bit with the Parsha. Of course, we're learning the portion of Mishalach. Uh, yeah, um, we're learning the portion of Mishalach today. And, you know, there's a lot of different uh, hints. And, uh, but I, I want to talk about the general theme. Um, we know we talk about the uh, last week, we talk about the exodus of Egypt, that the Jews are leaving Egypt. And this week, already when they're leaving and then the Egyptians are running after them, they're facing the sea in front of them and the Egyptians behind them, they're crying out to Hashem and God makes the miracle, splits the sea, the Jews go through the dry land, the whole story. But I guess one of the, um, one of the issues we have, we read it every year, the story, but one of the issues, the questions we have, I mean, what? Why were the Jews in Egypt in the first place? I mean, what did they do? Why were they made into slaves? I mean, uh, and then what was the benefit? I mean, how, how, I mean, they became a people. They, 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 they trained them to, but it seems, you know, almost unfair. It seems like, uh, what, why, you know, the whole Jewish history is unfair. <laughs> I mean, why are we always picked upon? And, you know, we find ourselves throughout history, you know, the various different kinds uh, whole situation, we've been uh, restricted, humiliated, you know, persecuted, and just even in the, just recently in the, the Holocaust, you know, when a third of our people were uh, murdered in such a brutal and the, such a savage way, and, you know, by the Nazis and their collaborators, uh, so the question, but we read the parsha every week, we say, well, what's going on over here? So, the Kabbalah which is the mystical part, has a little other insight more than the uh, very simple uh, meaning. So I just want to uh, share with you a little bit. So what, what does the Kabbalah say about all of what happened? So it, it has, there's a whole timeline and there's a whole process. There is a, uh, a lot going on behind the curtain, so to speak. We see on this side of the curtain. But what's happening behind the curtain, we don't see exactly. So for that, we turn to the Kabbalah, the mysticism by the tradition. There is insight over there what took place. So generally, there's something uh, which we know, we've heard it. There is tohu and tikkun. Tohu means chaos. Tikkun means uh, fixing, correction. Tikkun olam. You know, what's what's chaos again? Tohu. 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 What does it mean? So they actually, it says that initially when God decided to create, he created spiritual worlds, and there was a world which we called the world of chaos, the world of Tohu. What is the world of chaos? 
Uh, the world of Tohu was a very powerful, intense light uh, of godliness, Hashem. Hashem's light was very powerful over there. And because it was so powerful, uh, the vessels uh, in the world of Tohu weren't able to contain the light. It was like putting in a uh, 500 volts in a uh, small bulb. You can't. So what happened? It shattered. Some of the vessels shattered from the shattering that took place. So the different sparks fell in various different places. That was actually uh, the parts that fell from a very high holy place into very low, into very uh, far places. Far meaning distant from Hashem, you know, and, and in the negative side, and the other side. And, and that's why we know that there's all sparks are all around us. And uh, matter of fact, that the purpose, what we're supposed to do, we're all collecting. When we're doing Tikkun Olam, we are taking those sparks. The sparks are everywhere the food we eat, the air we breathe, everything that we do in every activity, every mitzvah we do, everything that we do, we are taking those sparks that are everywhere and we are elevating. So the way the Kabbalah says, there were 288 sparks that shattered from that uh, from that shviras hakelim, from that breaking of the vessels. 288. How do we know that? What? How do we know that? That's the Kabbalah. Well, it's based on some um, some uh, hints from the the Torah when the Torah says Ruach Elikim Merachefes. So the word Merachefes, the uh, spirit of Hashem was hovering. So the word Merachefes is Reish Peiches, has in it the letters. And you know, basically, that's what it means. Kabbalah means tradition. I mean, how do we know anything about things that we don't see? So that's been passed along by tradition. That is the meaning of Kabbalah. Uh, so I'm just sharing with you what the Kabbalah says about, so it says that when the Jews were in Egypt, the purpose, according to Kabbalah, was to collect those sparks. And, you know, we read after the Jews went out of Egypt, it says, Gam, Erev Rav, a multitude of nations went up with them. The word Rav is 202. So the Kabbalah says, that out of those 288 sparks that came from the breaking of the vessels, 202 were elevated and went up with the Jewish people from the Erev Rab, the multitude that they came up from Egypt. So basically, according to the Kabbalah, the purpose of the Yidden being in Mitzrayim through the servitude, through the various different things, the way it turns out, they were elevating the sparks. When they went out, they elevated the sparks. Basically, you had 86 sparks left from the 288 that fell originally. 202 were brought up, and there were still 86 left that hadn't been sort of sorted out, have not been tikkun, have not been. Question is, of course, the Jews spent in Egypt 210 years, uh, maybe one pasuk it says 400 years, depending when you start counting, or 430 years in one pasuk. So various different uh, countings the way to count the times uh, that the Jews were serviced, but they were able to, in uh, 210 years or whatever, able to uh, sort out 202 sparks. So why is it taking thousands of years for uh, those 60 
for this uh, 86 parks that were left, why is it taking so long? Why is it? Why are we having such a? And what will happen when those 86 are? Oh, and the 86 is what we're dealing with still, because once we take care of all those sparks, then the redemption comes. That's why the Jews, oh. at that point, there were 202 sparks. But we are in exile to collect those sparks that were left over. How do we collect the sparks? By all the service of Hashem, tikkun olam, doing mitzvahs, learning Torah. Whatever we do, we're fixing. When we will ultimately elevate all the sparks, then the gula, then they will come. You see us mitzrayim from this exit. But the question is, why are we spending so many years doing it? Why hasn't that happened yet? And the answer is that those sparks went and shattered into smaller parks and smaller pieces and smaller pieces. So now they've gone into further and far away corners and uh, it's a hard job to collect them all to bring back those sparks. And metaphorically speaking, you know, the Jewish people, especially in this, after the Holocaust, were both. And that, this period of time that we're living in since the Holocaust, uh, we've been shattered in both in the physical sense and in also in the spiritual sense. In the physical sense, it doesn't need any much explanation. You know, people, we were devastated. We lost a third of our people. People were uh, lost their families. They lost their faith. They lost uh, trust in humanity. We believe what we went through was an experience that totally shattered us physically. Families were destroyed, communities were destroyed, the whole Jewish, uh, for centuries that they were there, were uprooted, no longer there, everything was taken away. So there was a tremendous shvira, shvira there was a tremendous breakage of the scattering. That was in the physical sense, but also in the spiritual sense. Uh, the Jewish people experienced more than ever a level of a lack of interest, of apathy, of people being indifferent to Yiddishkeit, to Torah, mitzvahs, it didn't mean, it came somehow together and especially, you know, in our blessed country where we live, we have all the opportunity, people, you know, took on the opportunities and, you know, people didn't have time for it or didn't have the mind for it and it wasn't important to them and the sparks scattered, so you have Jews in various different uh, places and endless and uh, people don't even identify themselves as Jewish, people don't care about uh, Judaism, it doesn't mean anything. And these are sparks that are sort of been shattered even further and gone very, very far places. So Hashem had pity on the Jewish people and sent us the previous Rebbe and the Rebbe to inspire a generation, to help us collect those sparks, to help us collect, to help us rebuild. Nobody would believe after World War II that Judaism will be rebuilt, there will be a renaissance, that there will be such a rejuvenation that you can be able. People think that Somis HaYivashis, the dried out bones, like the Prophet says, can these bones ever live again? After everything that we suffered, could this ever be possible? that we should get a new life, could there be new energy here? No. And Hashem sent us uh, a leader in the form of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe sent to those sparks, he says that every 
Jewish soul is a spark, is a important. There's nobody too lost, there's nobody too far, there's nobody too distant. We have to reach out and we have to be able to, with an endless amount of love, with not judgmental, with education, with showing the way, leading by example, living lives that are worthy of being a connection to Hashem, to show and to lead. And that's why the Rebbe established all of the various different shluchim, the Rebbe's messengers all over the world to take those sparks and bring them back to help people find themselves and to help everybody at their levels. Nobody, no, don't give up on anybody. Don't say that anybody, those little sparks. And that's really what we are, um, what we're hoping for is the, um, is that we'll finally get Jewish people to recognize it. Huh? Here. The tikkun does go together. We, when we eat something or we uh, make a bracha, we, we, we do a good deed. So anything we do has a spark, and by doing it in the positive way, we elevate it, we bring it, we bring it closer to Hashem. Um, you know, there's... Yeah, go ahead. So I've been thinking about... Um, I was reading something, somebody wrote a book about how people who try to do tikkun and fix the sparks, the broken sparks, and gather them together and do tikkun, that they're getting disillusioned. Because and, they're having a hard time? Well, I mean... You, you gave out some very specific numbers, and then all of a sudden, the sparks were everywhere. And so, like, if I drop three crumbs on the floor, I know I can pick up three. And then the positive reinforcement, the floor is clean, right? But there's so many sparks, it's overwhelming. How do you know if you're even getting anywhere, particularly today, with Judaism becoming more and more watery? It seems daunting. Okay, good question. Uh, I don't know the exact answer. Okay, but the but I just want to say this. Um, I will leave you with this idea because I do want to get going to the OL, and um, so I just want to share this. You know, there's various different tzaddikim, um, righteous people. That's why Hashem sends us leaders um, uh, that encourage us. Uh, that help us and, and, and that push us and, and guide us and tell us about that Mashiach is on the way where we are collecting the sparks. We are doing the right things. Maybe we're not yet enough. We have to hold out. We have to hold out a little longer. I mean, the, 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 the reality is a lot of times people, uh, when they give up, they lose later on because they should have held on a little bit longer. You know, people sell the stocks right before mm. this. Uh, went up and then they say, oh wow, what did I do? Yep. You know, or like they have the, is there, I should have held, held on a little, you never know exactly, you know, like they have this story about um, uh, a non-Jewish uh, person who wanted to experience a Seder, his friend, he had a Jewish friend, he told him the Jewish Seder, so uh, so he says, go to the Seder, but don't eat anything because the Jews, they suit a lot of food and it comes to the Seder. Anyways, they start drinking the wine and the murder and the Harosis, no food. Finally, you know, he, uh, he couldn't stay anymore. All the kids were asking all the Manishtana, the questions. It was just too long. So finally, he slams the door. He says, hey, you just are not hospitable. This is not... He meets his friend. He meets his friend the next day. He says to him, what happened? What was your experience like? He says, terrible. All they gave me is wine, bitter herbs, and matzah, but no food. He says, he says, what happened? He says, you know what? 
That's he cool. just missed the boat, you know. You, they, they were shulchan aruch. They were gonna make now the full table of all good food. Don't miss the boat. I mean, don't slam the door at the last minute. It's coming, so we have to hold out. Yes, we need to be encouraged. It's 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 been a long process. It's a discouraging process, but we got up? huh? How do we not give up? That's where we come to Torah We encourage each other, <laughs> and, we, and we strengthen it. We provide it. You use the meditation group, whatever it is, to try to find Isha's Yazir. We try to give support to each other to hold on and not give up. But I wanted to say that um, you know there is tzaddikim. Some there's two types of tzaddikim of righteous people. Some tzaddikim, some righteous people teach you. They, 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 they give you ideas, so you ask a question, they give you the answer, they give you some logical, they give you means and ways in order how to serve Hashem, because they, um, they, they teach you, they, 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 they inspire you by uh, giving you ideas. But then, sometimes tzaddikim, who maybe you don't have a contact with them, but you just, just you see how holy lives they live, and you see how pure, and you see how beautiful, and then you say, wow, you know, and so you get inspired just by by knowing of them, or seeing them, or watching them, even though they haven't taught you anything. And, uh, and with the Rebbe we have both. I mean, this is actually, with the Rebbe we have both. The Rebbe taught endlessly, but then watching the Rebbe's life, just seeing how the Rebbe led his life, it just gives you such an inspiration. Those who are privileged to, to, to see and experience and be with the Rebbe, not, not really, you know, something so powerful, so meaningful, it's so uplifting, and and like you say, in such a world today, there's just so much discouragement, and you want to be uplifted, we're all looking for some sign from heaven, you know, somehow, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we all, uh, all look, there's a lot of beautiful, uh, you know, uh, you know, stories, you know, I told the other day um, about the story, it just comes to mind, because I just really told you about this fellow, he he lived in Georgia, he was becoming uh, from, and uh, uh, he met this girl to Brooklyn, they would come all the time, and then his friends told him, you know, you're going to do the, uh, uh, you're going to get married, so you should uh, go to the, oh, well, to the, uh, to the, to the Rebbe, and, uh, um, okay, so he came back the next time, went, came to, to, to meet with his, uh, with his brides, he came to them, so they went to the, oh, well, and, he wasn't sure, is this the right for him? So he said, he wanted a sign from the Rebbe. <laughs> so there, there's a video over there, those are the oil, so they, just, the video is playing. So he sees, this an old video, there's somebody coming to the Rebbe. The, so the Rebbe is looking from, for Yitzchak from Georgia, I forget what his name is, I think that that was the name, his name was Yitzchak, I forget his name. Happens to be his name. He, the Rebbe is looking from Georgia, but he, he's from the state of Georgia. So he says, wow, the Rebbe is looking I mean the, and then the Rebbe asked him to sing some song. So he says, what song are you going to sing? So he says, Od Yushama Bar Yehuda, wedding song. So he says, the Rebbe gave him the signing song. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of different stories like that. But we're looking for inspiration. Everybody is looking for something to find. Because really, deep down, we all have that inherent yearning that we want to connect. We want to be. We want to be part. We want to feel. But we don't always have that so that's why uh, anytime you find something you know something real something good so we have uh, we have the Rebbe and the Rebbe has his shluchim and the Rebbe continues to inspire the world so I'll go into the oil now
those who wanted to write the name, I'm going to put the uh, note in for you for the Rebbe. And uh, hopefully the Rebbe, the Rebbe will answer. The Rebbe will answer your. Uh,